Can I lose weight? A question that so many people ask, and yet the answer is unique to every individual. If our weight was all about diet and exercise, you wouldn't see 25 trillion different options out there when you type in "Why can't I lose weight?" into a Google search. There wouldn't be nine million different diets with a hundred thousand different supplements, all geared to helping you lose weight. Inside this episode, I'm going to take a deep dive into a patient's labs who is struggling to lose weight but has some digestive issues as well. When I think about weight loss, I think about a couple different things. I'm going to teach you what those couple different things are as we dive into her labs. But then, following this discussion with her on her labs, I wanted to have a, a real conversation about food. I'm going to teach you. There's this term called orthorexia. We're going to talk about it. Number two, stop with the elimination diet madness, and last but not least, number three, nourish your body. So let's take a look about what her labs say, and then this honest discussion about food regarding orthorexia, elimination diets, and I find people not feeding their bodies enough. Let's have this conversation at the end. So stick with me. You're listening to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie, where I don't care if you have a diagnosis or not. I want to get to be the why behind your symptoms, help you resolve it, so you can start living your dreams. Yes, those dreams that you've never dared to dream. So, are you ready? What's causing the inability to lose weight, and how do we reframe our mindset? To being more confident in our own shoes, not always focusing on the scale. Here we go. I want to have an honest discussion about food because it's time we discuss this idea of food and eating healthy. In fact, I'm going to talk about three things. First, this term called orthorexia. It's a big time problem. You might not have heard of it. You might have. You might be finding yourself culprit to orthorexia. Number two, stop with the elimination diet madness. It is absolute madness. We'll get into that more. Number three, nourish your body. What are we doing to not nourish our body, and how can we fix that? So that's what we're going to talk about in the next fifteen twenty minutes or so. All right. So first off. Orthorexia. What is orthorexia? Just like anorexia nervosa or bulimia, it is an eating disorder. Orthorexia nervosa is an eating disorder that involves an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating. Unlike other eating disorders, orthorexia mostly revolves around food quality, not quantity. Unlike anorexia or bulimia, people with orthorexia. Are rarely focused on losing weight. Instead, they have an extreme fixation with the purity of their foods, as well as an obsession with the benefits of healthy eating. Now, this has gotten to a point where they have had to name it, give it a name, and the name is orthorexia. We have taken healthy eating to such terrible extremes that it's now a diagnosis. A mental disorder, just like anorexia and bulimia. Five signs that may indicate you're suffering with orthorexia. Number one, you have a preoccupation with food and eating habits. Number two, 
you have some extreme dietary rules. Three, changes in mood and emotional distress. Four, good versus bad. So you're naming foods like good foods because of their purity levels or bad foods because heaven forbid they have some ingredient in it like red 40 that's impossible to eat. And number five, food fixation that affects your social interactions. So if you feel like you have a preoccupation with eating healthy, you might be dealing with some orthorexia. If you ever experience some extreme dietary rules, you might be dealing with some orthorexia. If you feel like you're, you have to control your food so much that it affects your mood, and your emotional well-being, you're dealing with some orthorexia. If you ever say, hey, that's a good food item because it doesn't have XYZ, LTE, ABC in it, that's a problem. And then last but not least, food fixations. So you're so consumed by what you can eat that it limits your social interactions. Those are all signs of orthorexia. And orthorexia from is real. I see it with patients all the time. And you might be thinking that this patient we just had a discussion with on the podcast episode has some of it. Well, the problem is, is we are so ingrained to think that our weight only consumes by one or two things. One, our exercise, and two, our food. If our weight only worried about or only cared about or the only two factors that played a role in our weight was weight and food, you wouldn't have 85 trillion results when you typed in, why can't I lose weight into Google? If weight was all about food and exercise, there wouldn't be 9 zillion different options out there and 9 zillion different pills to take the so-called lose weight or gastric bypass or who knows what the options are. There is way more to weight than our food and our exercise regimen. In fact, some of the healthiest people I know wouldn't be considered a healthy weight. And some of the sickest people I know, you would consider them a Barbie doll. Weight has nothing to do with how healthy you are. I guess that's a lie because it does play a fact in some instances. But if you're so consumed by the number on the scale that you're not worried about just getting healthy and being healthy and having confidence in yourself, I'm going to throw on some orthorexia terms. In fact, I know one lady, um, several ladies that are like this, they're so consumed with the number on the scale, yet they are so dang sick that it's like they want to lose another 10 pounds. And if they lose another 10 pounds, they're going to look anorexic. And yet they have all of these underlying major, major symptoms, gut problems, brain fog, anxiety, depression, like you name it. And yet their sole focus is on what the flipping number on the scale says. Blows my mind. But blows your guys' mind too. I hope this honest discussion about food is very helpful because we have warped food and eating healthy so bad. And I'm not going to lie, functional medicine probably started it all. I could throw out a name out there and you would all know who I'm talking about, but so it's not worth doing it. In fact, I have unfollowed him on Facebook because I can't stand it anymore. He's so focused on food and how food and the soil and the farming has just destroyed our health. Our food, it's important. 
but it is not the only factor that contributes to our health. There's more to our health than what goes in our mouth. And you can back me up on that by saying, I eat the cleanest. I cut out dairy, sugar, soy, gluten, peanut butter, eggs. I mean, the list goes on and on in these flip and elimination diets. And yet you're barely surviving. If our health was all about what we put inside of our mouth, we'd all be a lot more healthier, right? And yet I see some of the sickest of the sickest people chronically ill. They're eating next to nothing because so-and-so said they had to cut out this and this food sensitivity test said they couldn't eat anything from their vegetable garden. Trust me, I've seen that too. It's so warped. We've got to get back to enjoying food, having a better relationship with food, and understanding that food and what's inside our food, whether you want to call it additives or lack of nutrition because of the soil, I don't care what you call it. Change the relationship with the food and you just might start enjoying life a little bit more again. In fact, you won't be surviving anymore. When was the last time you ate something and literally just enjoyed it and thought to yourself, man, this tastes so good? Whatever it was. Yesterday, I ate a cheesecake. Had a slice of cheesecake and I enjoyed it. For me, food is to be enjoyed, not a culprit to our health. And so often I find people, they have eliminated everything under the sun. And I'm like, we gotta stop this elimination madness. It truly is madness. When I first started, I thought I was gonna have to help people on these elimination diets. And what I found is that they have already done it. When they get to me, they're eating five, six, seven things, the same things every single day. And yet they still feel like crap. They still have gut symptoms. But they become so desperate that they've eliminated all foods. You know, you scroll through the Facebook feed, and if yours is like mine, it has food sensitivity kits that so-and-so's offering. The latest one, I don't even remember the brand of it but it was telling me that it could test for 96 different sensitivities and it had like a picture of 16 different food items on there. And over half of those food items were vegetables. Blows my mind. These food sensitivity tests, let's have a discussion about that too, because we're taking so many of them, whether you're getting a, a IgG test from your doctors or you're buying some $99 test kit online. Be very careful when it comes to food sensitivities. Eliminating the food triggers, that's a great place to start, but it's not a great place to end. If you do the necessary work, you don't have to live the rest of your life eating free of everything. Now, if you are celiac disease, you should probably avoid gluten for the rest of your life. That would be a big deal. And in some instances where I found that gluten is such a huge culprit, it's not worth going back to. But when you do the work inside your gut and you basically destroy the bad guys, heal leaky gut, then replenish it with good guys. When it's done, when the gut is done right, this elimination diet madness can go away. One of the patients I was working with, she received a food sensitivity kit from her doctors. So a standard blood test with IgG, all that good stuff. And it came back with all these positive fruits and vegetables. And she had this immaculate garden. It was one of her favorite things to do was garden. Yet she wouldn't eat half the stuff she produced in her garden because her food sensitivity test came back saying that it was flaring her body up. We did some major, major gut rehab. 
for about nine months, I think. So a little bit longer than average. My average is six months with doing gut right. And what do you know? Last summer, she was able to eat her garden just fine. But when it comes to food sensitivity tests, those tests, especially if it's just some random company on Facebook that I have to hold back my my trigger finger every single time I see it, because I want to comment so bad about how food sensitivities, removing the culprits, a great place to start, but it's a terrible place to end. I don't know like about you guys. I like food. I want to be able to have my fruits and vegetables, especially my fruits. Blows my mind how many people just eliminate fruits because some keto diet told them to. And now they're terrified to even look at the fruit because if they look at the fruit, their bodies have been in ketosis for so long that just looking at the fruit, they swear that a pound is gained on their scale. This is a culprit for numerous, numerous, numerous people. So many people fall into these, these categories of thinking, Food, 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 exercise, exercise, exercise. That's what deems my weight. And yet they do the best. They're busting their butt in the gym. They're eating so cleanly to the point where it could be called orthorexia. And yet the scale hasn't budged. You haven't lost a size in your pants. What if we were to change the whole concept and say, you know what, I'm going to have confidence in my own skin. Whatever size that may be, I'm going to love myself. And when I love myself, I'm going to let this go. And I'm going to enjoy the food that sits in front of me. So stop with the elimination diet madness. There are some things that are culprits. Like for me, dairy is my culprit. I don't do dairy. I used to love yogurts and, you know, my milk and my cereal and the cheeses. Well, I'll do cheese, but that's basically it big culprit for me for asthma and acne and all that fun stuff but it's just dairy I'm not eliminating a whole host of things like people are out there and and practitioners are saying in fact I had one 17 year old boy his he went to a another quote functional medicine doctor and when they come and they go to these people and they come back and they tell me what's going on and that doctor, whatever their background is, whether it's a health coach or a functional medicine specialist or who who knows what their degree is now. Inter, um, what's the other one? Functional nutrition. Yeah, that's another one, popular one. They go and they get told that they can't eat all these things. He's 17 years old dealing with anxiety and depression. And you're going to tell him that he can't go and do normal social activities because they're going to Wendy's on Friday night. That's going to make the anxiety and the depression worse. Eliminating the food that's not gonna solve anything. And it didn't. What did I find in him? Major, major, major viral infections going on. So quit blaming food for everything. It's not the culprit. Like I said, food's important, but there's more to your health than what goes in your mouth. Finally, last but not least, number three, nourish your body. I've seen everybody eating, I've seen people eating, you know, 12, 13, 1400 calories. I've seen intermittent fasters who are only eating eight hours a day out of the 24-hour period. And there's always that obsession with trying to eat less. And yet, we're fighting brain fog. We're fighting chronic fatigue like madness. Number one symptom I have to help people conquer. And I look back and I think, you know, how many of those people who are fighting some fatigue issues are just not eating enough? 
They're not nourishing their body enough. They're barely giving it enough to survive. Literally meaning if you were to sit on your butt and do nothing all day long, your organs require calories to run. Your brain requires carbs to run. You're on a, pro, you're on a keto diet. When people start keto diets, their brain goes nuts. Because that food supply, that glucose, is taken away. And then you're on it for two, three, four years. You lost weight great in the beginning. Then you've plateaued and now you're just survival mode once again. On this keto diet, because everybody's doing it. It's working for everybody else. It should work for me too. You all understand what I'm talking about. Then the calorie deficient people. For whether you're 18 years or 17 years old running cross country in, in high school. And you're eating 1,500 calories a day because that 2,000 calorie limit we were all taught growing up. I mean, I have a bachelor's degree in nutrition. I was taught 2,000 calorie limit. I was taught food plate. I was taught food pyramid. I was taught RDA values for vitamins and minerals. Chuck it all out the window. There's a way, There's a big difference between RDA values and therapeutic values. There's a big difference between eating healthy foods caloric intake versus just eating foods with no nutrition in them, still caloric intake. But this whole cloud that overhangs us, this 2,000 calorie per day cloud, personal trainers, you're the biggest culprits I find. Not everybody out there, of course, there's great personal trainers, but they have this 2,000 calorie cloud over people. And you're trying to make a menopausal woman who's 55 years old eat 1,500 calories a day to lose weight. And yet it's not happening for one. And then two, she has no energy to even get herself to the gym where she just fights hard and pushes through the mental barriers to get herself to the gym because that's what she's told. She's got to eat less and exercise more. That's what we're told to lose weight. So she's eating nothing. 1,500 calories isn't even going to supply her body with what it needs to function to perform the necessary activities like running your heartbeat and breathing and supplying oxygen to your cells. Kind of important stuff that your body's constantly doing that we don't even have to tell it to do. Think, Evans. And yet we're not feeding. We're not even nourishing our bodies enough to have energy. Intermittent fasters, culprit to this too. If you were to think back over the last 24 hours and you were to say to yourself, you know, I ate this and this. I mean, maybe, you know, since yesterday was Sunday, might be a little bit different for some people. But do you eat enough on a day-to-day basis? When you wake up and you go to work and you're working eight hours a day, do you take breaks to eat? I forced myself to and I've ground, I've found some snacks. I have like my beef sticks and my Aussie bites there. Because I find culprit, I found I'm culprit to this too. By the time you get done with work, it's like, man, I had like 300 calories all day today. No wonder why I'm tired. I force my body to run on empty, not on reserves, on empty. Then I wonder why I have to crash at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Feed your bodies. Intermittent fasters, you're probably not eating enough. An eight-hour window is pretty small, if you think about it. Fuel your body. Give it what it needs. And you might be surprised that higher caloric intake is going to boost that metabolism up. It's going to rev that engine up because now your body has something to burn. 
So your calories, your metabolism can increase. You might actually get warm instead of being cold. If you're always cold, one of my first things that I think about is one, of course, thyroid, but two, are you eating enough? Does your body have calories to burn to keep it warm? So intermittent fasting, be careful. Make sure you're eating plenty during however many hours you want to eat. Just feed your body, fuel it. You would never drive across the country or you would never even drive from a corner to a state to a state without fueling your car up with gas. And yet we're doing the exact same thing. We're pretending that our bodies are forced to drive across the country without even any gas or very little gas. And last but not least, let's change this thinking mindset to, I'm going to have confidence in myself. I'm going to love myself as I am. I'm going to stop being obsessed with always eating less. Good days versus bad days. I mean, when someone says, oh, I had a good day today, would it be safe to say that they're talking about their food, whatever good means to them? I want to throw this one last thought out there. I read a book uh, probably about a decade ago, and it changed completely changed the way I thought think about diet and, and weight in general and weight loss, which is one of the reasons why you'll never find me marketing a weight loss program. You'll never see it. I won't do it. Because there are so many people, so many factors involved in losing weight. It's not just diet. It's not just exercise. It's not even just hormones or being healthy. I would much rather help somebody get healthy and be the energetic, vibrant mom or grandma that they want to be or dad even then focus on someone who's just about losing weight. To me, that's not a health goal. The health goal is I want to love living, not just survive. So this book called The Gabriel Method, um, written by a man named John Gabriel. He was very healthy, very healthy, you know, weight-wise. And then all of a sudden he starts gaining weight like crazy, up to where he's like 400 pounds. And he starts... He's trying every single diet under the sun. He even went to talk to Dr. Atkins himself back when the Atkins was basically keto now, but just branded differently. So he's done all the diets. Nothing works. Nothing's helping. So then he, I don't remember all the details of the story, but the bottom line was, was he actually discovered that the environment he was working in was toxic. There was a specific individual. It was a very toxic relationship. And his weight was a physical protection from this toxic person. You want to know how he lost the weight? He changed his career. He got rid of the toxic people in his environment, and he got into a safe environment, a safe work field. Literally, that's how he lost the weight. So if you're thinking, you know, I've tried everything. I've tried all the diets. I've tried all the exercise regimens. Ask yourself, was it always about cutting? Always about less? Exercise harder, eat less? What if you were to eat more? Then would your metabolism speed up so your body could lose the weight? Think about this too. If you're having a, you, if you can look around your environment and you can think, well, maybe that would be a toxic relationship and my body is protecting itself with my weight. That could be a big time culprit. I see it a lot. Think about if there is somebody in your life that is a toxic relationship. 
What if you separated yourself from that toxic relationship or environment? Now would the weight disappear? What if we were ate enough to fuel our body to have more energy? Then it would increase the metabolism so we would be warmer rather than being cold. And our bodies would actually have the food it needs to heal, to feel better, to be healthy. I hope that was interesting to you guys. I know this honest discussion about food needs to take place more often. And when we have this conversation about food and exercise with our friends and our family, don't just make it about less. Exercise more, eat less. When I tell people that you should probably eat more, 1,500 calories isn't enough. Let's try 3,000. First, they're really terrified because it's over that 2,000 limit that we've got this cloud hanging over our head. Try it. You just might feel better. You just might have more energy. Now, remember, all calories are not created equal, so make it healthy calories, but don't be so obsessed with it that you're orthorexic. And then last but not least, if you have eliminated foods and you're eating just about nothing and you would love to be able to go out to a restaurant and enjoy whatever's on the menu and not regret it for three days later, let's chat. Come join us inside the Healing Beyond the Diagnosis tribe and let's get your gut fixed so you can enjoy food again. Because if you're like me, food's to be enjoyed, not just the culprit. I hope you enjoyed that honest discussion about food. Now, I have one request for you. In fact, it's the best compliment I can receive. Please share this with a friend. Share the podcast episode with a friend. And two, will you leave a review? Five-star reviews are always great. When you leave a review, head over to drkylieburton.com backslash crack your thyroid code. And I have a gift for you. You can receive my 60-minute thyroid workshop entitled why are my thyroid labs normal yet i feel like crap you can get that as a gift in response to leaving a review so head over grab that workshop and i'll see you on the inside